welcome to the Six Again podcast, your new destination for all things NRL. Here to bring you everything from team news to best bets are your hosts, Adam Hoy and Jared Mutton. Let's kick off. Hello and welcome into the latest version of the Six Again podcast. This is our round nine preview for the 2021 NRL season. My name is Adam. Jared and we're doing this at home today because Adam's actually well my house because Adam's spent the night in Gibby. I am. So we haven't actually done a podcast in person since I think one of the first that would have five been or f- ten yeah. that we ever did. Yeah, that one of the first oh. is, Sorry, you can go. Is that any good? Yeah, and to celebrate, Jared's like, I've actually got a craft beer in the fridge. <laughs> they can have. And this is by Range Brewing out of Brisbane, a very highly rated brewery. And a collab that they've done with Buskland. Um, yeah, I don't even know how to probably say it. San Sebastian Buskland Brewery. That sounds like France or something. <laughs> oh, no. Either way, it's a oat cream double IPA, 8.8%. So I'm going to have a lot of fun during this episode. This is going to be interesting. I'm going to bed after this so Adam can stay up and run around with the dogs. What? No, I'll be crashing out. I'm up here because we were doing, um, yeah, rugby reporting and filming tonight. Some pretty decent games against Sunny Coast Grammar. Um, And yeah, I was just honestly too tired to drive back. So I'm just going to sit here and drink this beautiful smelling beer. Uh And we're going well. We've got the puppy asleep next to us. Oh my god! Finally cocked out, conked out because she's been so excited. She's met Adam tonight. That is really good. Really good. Well, you yeah, have to get, it's get like it again. fruit punch. Love I'll speak it. to Chris and he can bring some more up for us. Thank you, Chris, to who you are. Um, we'll be back. We're going to kick off with our off the ruck segment, which is everything that occurs off the field in the NRL. All right, so. In off the ruck this week, there's been a variety of things go on, from captains standing down to the NRL calling players, coaches, clubs into line. So, what one are we going to start with? Start with a Josh Hodgson one. He. All right, you take it away. Well, he's come out and there's he's been a lot. Of... No, that's, that's not an issue. I'm, I'm down with that. <laughs> so, the other night in the NRL 360, Dean Ritchie brought out that. He got a phone call before the show saying um, Josh Hodgson is not the current Canberra's captain. He stood down two weeks ago. And then it's all blown up from there. Raiders officially let at a press release today saying that he has stepped down. He's committed to the club still. But Elliot Whitehead is now co-captain with Jared Croker. Another article today came out and said, and look, this is the Sydney Morning Herald. Take it as you will. Any that, Australian mainstream media, take it as you will. Um, that, that there was a private meeting between Hodson and Stewart after the round six loss to Para, and Stewart outlined what he thought he was doing. Um, Hodson was doing wrong. Hodson watched the NRL 360 tonight episode that night, uh, night before, and he accused Stewart of copying everything that Paul Kent. Ben Ike and, and Rothfield said. I think that's one of the greatest insults in rugby league, but here we are. Then it turns around and um, Stewart said, I don't want you to captain this weekend. And Hodson turned around and went, look, if you don't want to captain me to captain when, it, when everything's going bad, I'm not going to captain when everything's going well. 
and he said he pulled the captain's... He, that's when he resigned from being captain. So take that as you will, but he's not currently the captain of Canberra Raiders anymore. Yes, yeah, so I think about three weeks ago, Canberra had a pretty bad loss. And I said, not really something to worry about yet. They've had now three in a row, yeah. four in a row. Um, you've got off-field stuff before the season start with Howard and Ira and Corey Horsburgh. Um, you've got this coming on. Josh Hodgson, Ricky Stewart having a heated debate behind closed doors about Hodgson's play on the field and how it's limiting or stifling the attack of Canberra. Mrs. Tarpany. Uh, Mr. Tarpany's talking about it. Yeah, things aren't looking real good in Canberra right now. So. Oh, yeah. So, supposedly... Do you know how I said on the last podcast that um, Joseph Tarpany got the whole ho- hose in the middle of the night while Stuart's mm. yelling at him? It didn't get the hose part, but Stuart confronted him and got pretty heated, supposedly, about what happened. Wow. See, yeah. this is... I'm looking at this from this isn't great coaching on, on either account. Um... A, 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 a conversation between a co-captain and a coach should never come out, especially oh, if it's talking no. about how play occurs. And then no. there's other ways you, you could have gone again. Could, could have settled the whole Tarpany business. I know this is going to... like this, this is all damning and stuff like this, but the reality of it is this is a conversation between two people. Unless one of them leaked it, which I doubt they did, I don't know how much is true. And as far as the telegraph goes... Couple of days ago, one particular guy in NRL 360, and this is the part we're going to get to later, but he came out and said there's a certain player delaying his contract talks with his club because he was looking at a really left field option to another club. Today, he signed a five year deal. So, no matter what the NRL 360 or the Sydney Morning Herald generally are, what do you reckon, 60, 70, 80% of the time they're proven wrong about two days later when they break a story? 60% of the time they're incorrect every time. <laughs> so yeah, take that as you will. I highly doubt that that was how the conversation went. It's just what got reported because as I said, two people in one room, come on. Seriously? Yeah, so uh, Josh Hodgson's comments uh, to, uh, today about everything was very positive. About his commitment to the Raiders, uh, everything's about focusing on getting back and the Raiders playing well. There was no mention of the discussion, that sort of stuff. He did talk that he stood down as captain two weeks ago, or mentioned about doing that. So no. it is what it is. But things aren't looking as peaches they could be down in the nation's capital. Let's move on to communication from the NRL to clubs and match officials about match officials. So this occurs every now and then through the season when. Uh, negative comments or mentions of inconsistency or whatever's been occurring and the NRL has to step in and get everyone back on the same page. This is pure confirmation, 100%, that the NRL is listening to the 6 Again podcast. Um, Not only because they've made the same points that we've been making, but also the fact that they mention the word 6 Again at least eight times through this article. So the main thing is, when the 6 Again rule came in, we knew it was only going to be a matter of time before coaches and players worked themselves around it. The biggest trend at the moment in the game is giving away six again calls early on in the set, especially when you've got the team down 10, 15 minutes off their own line. Give away that penalty to allow your defense to get a chance to set. The NRL said, don't do that. You're wrecking our rule that we came up with. Um, we're going to start penalizing, continue to do that. How they're actually going to enforce 
which teams are giving away the six again on purpose and which teams aren't is going to be very interesting and will lead to some very interesting debates afterwards. Um, you did that on purpose. Uh, no, I didn't. It's a Prove penalty. It. Prove it. And you're like, well, uh, mm, mm, yeah, that's going to be really interesting look, when they get to it. Look, it will just come down to they'll put a structure in place where within the like 20 metres, how many six agains are you letting go? They'll call them if they let go more than a certain amount that they're thinking. And it... like they're going to have someone on the sideline with the scorecard going, you've had six inside the <laughs> yeah. 20 metres, four inside look, the next 20. Look, at the start of the season, we both said that whatever team's going to come up with a way to exploit this, this is just a taste of how the teams are yeah. ruled. Credit to the coaches. I don't think of use advantage. Yeah, so it's just, look, it's just a... They'll come up with another one in two weeks now. Oh, no way. <laughs> That's just the reality. My issue was at the start was, what if you want the penalty instead of the six again? The yeah. Teams you don't have the choice. choice to get to that. Um, talking about what's going to be flavour of the week in two weeks, we talked about this last episode as well, that not one penalty, I haven't seen one this year, a player being called for a penalty for breaking early from the scrum. Yes, the referee's the same break. 95% of the time there's a player breaking early before the break and they haven't been brought back once. So the officials will be looking for that for the next two weeks. So expect to see some penalties oh, oh. around that. I'm not liking the whole put the foot on the ball in the middle of the scrum to try and get an easy. That's been happening because Melbourne started about 18 months ago. Now every oh, just holding the ball in the scrum. Yeah, when they why not? The... I'm not a fan of it. I would. Nah, because you know they're going to break early, so you get a penalty. Because you know you're well, actually going to get teams one this aren't year. Now. I know that's the thing. I think that's why that's come in. Yeah, but I, I put in the same thing as you know. There's someone laying in the rock and the and the dummy half throws the ball into him. It's purposely gunning for a penalty. Of course it is. It's not... Well, they've outlawed the throwing into the ruck one. Didn't it they? also could be the fact that the person picking the ball up from the back wants a nice controlled ball. You're allowed to do it. <laughs> no, that's 100% not the reason. Because there's Pushing no way... The scrum. You would delay it, it. And you would just tell your halfback, maybe throw it incorrectly. Yeah, true. But... It's going to be interesting to see how many of those scrum penalties are called and how the referees are going to determine who's giving away penalties on purpose and who's doing it by accident and how they're going to officiate that. Um, round nine. So we talked about this, I think, pre-season, but round nine is the small business round. So Telstra is giving up all of its sponsorship and advertising space to eight small businesses from New South Wales and Queensland at the games this weekend. Uh, Zach Lomax and Josh Mansell actually personally rang the winners to deliver the news. That's cool. Which, yeah, it'd be really cool. Um, there was an overwhelming sense of excitement. So small to medium businesses are the engine room of our economy and we want them to keep kicking goals, um, as written by a press release person for... <laughs> I was going to uh, say, that is not you. <laughs> no. Um, by Telstra consumer and small business group executive Michael Ackland. Definitely not his words, but someone wrote for him. But anyway, um, they give 17 small businesses the opportunity to have their name up in lights. There's eight this round. So the winning businesses are Ace of Blade Barbershop, Bright Spark Electrical Services, West Words, Holbrook Bakery, Unico Kitchens, Muscle Mat, EME Roofing, and Veggie Pod. Oh, that's, that's kind of cool. Uh, based out of New South Wales and Queensland. So look for their advertising all over the weekend. And if they're in your local area, and there'll be more information of each business on the broadcast 
be sure to help them out in any way you can, which is an awesome thing um, by Telstra to get businesses back up and running um, coming out of COVID. Even though, but no, no, whatever. <laughs> That's awesome stuff. So, what else have we got? State of Origin. So, women's return to the Sunshine Coast this year. Which is going to be huge because it sold out two years ago. It got cancelled last year. Yeah. Unfortunately. And Queensland still hold the trophy. They hold Which has been trophies. quite a rarity uh, in the females game. So, it will be back on the Sunshine Coast. I believe the tickets are on sale already. It will sell out very quickly if it hasn't already. Yeah. Uh, what's it say? And it should be a... Capacity home crowd. It's a possible capacity crowd at the moment, but Sunshine Coast has been pretty COVID-free through this whole period. I probably just jinxed it, but I can't wait to see that occur again. We're hoping to get tickets for that. We've both been a bit slack getting onto it, but hopefully there'll be a few sitting around we'll be able to get our hands on. It's huge for the women's game, huge for rugby league in general, and huge for the Sunshine Coast area. They always do get behind any live league uh, that. Rocks up there, and we didn't get to see Cronulla versus North Queensland a couple of weeks ago. Oh, actually, because of the COVID scare in Brisbane. Yeah, but they're, do- they're redoing it later in the year. True, true. Yeah, they got um, announced last week. 18th man rule, state of origin. Okay, so this is a bit dicey. Um, well, not so much dicey, just people, I think, overfought it. So, due to concussion rules this year, you got an 18th man, right? For state of origin, they're going to bring in the same and thing. Foul play. For foul play on report or basic concussions. Um, NRL, they're going to do... This, uh, sorry, state of origin, they're going to do the same thing. The question is, because they picked them from the teams, does the 18th man stay under the same guidelines as the rest of them as far as not playing their, their club game the weekend before? Or... Can the teams only pick an 18th man of the teams who have a bye that weekend so they don't miss out on their game to sit on the pint? What do you, sorry, what do you reckon about this? I think we're just going to cover what the 18th man regulation at the moment is in state of origin. So if you're picked as an 18th man, you still play the week before for your club, you come back into state of origin camp, train for the week with the team. And stay like in the change rooms, etc. If no one's injured in the warm up, blah 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 blah, you go back and play for your club that weekend, and that way the club's not missing one of their players, and that eighth man's not sitting doing nothing for two weeks. However, with this eighteenth man rule coming in, he'd be expected to stay with the team for the entirety of the game, and then not play for the weekend, or maybe play for the weekend. Well, see, there was a. A kind of honour system where they actually asked the coaches or the New South Wales and Queensland Rugby Leagues whether they would pick a player who of the teams who weren't playing. Um, and they turned around and said no. Yeah, you can say no to that. You need yeah. to have the best players available um, regardless. But yeah, so I, I just believe that they're going to have to lose that player. Yeah, you're going to have to. And that's what comes with the state of origin territory. If you've got a player picked from your squad for State of Origins because they're one of the 17 or 18 best in the whole state, or so the coach of the Origin team believes. That's one of the 
I guess, negatives of having a good player in your squad is that you're going to lose them for a period of time around Origin. Will, will this potentially lose someone in New South Wales or Queensland's spot? Just because... Would you pick someone, say, for New South Wales, or throw it out there, Tyrone Peachy as your 18th man? Just because if there was an injury anywhere in the team, he could cover it. Um, but maybe he wouldn't get 14 spot because he'd be better at 18th man. Or... What do you reckon about that? Because would it, would a very versatile player get picked on the 18th man just because he can play multiple positions? That's a good point. I think like, that makes a lot more sense. Like you might because sorry, sorry for this year so far, with so many injuries in the NRL, they haven't actually been able to tactically choose. Well, not many of them anyway. Tactically choose their 18th man to cover that, just because you know. Look at Newcastle Roosters. South, South Sydney. Sydney this week. Um, so many teams are so decimated by injuries. Like at one point, Newcastle was struggling to make a twenty-one, let alone, you know, having a choice to go with the eighteenth. So there's throwing anyway in there. So could Tyrone Peachy just go as the eighteenth man for New South Wales because he can cover one to seventeen? I think that's a really good point. And, and the difference the State of Origin teams have that the clubs don't is they've got a much bigger pool of players yeah. to choose from. So they're not really going to be as decimated. I don't think Tyrone Peach is going to be in line for 1-17 to position. Although if he keeps playing as he was, or continues to an attack at least, um, he could be in the conversation as the utility anyway. No, Pappenhausen will get the Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Someone like... Nico Hines could, could play a similar role. Um, someone like, well, Luke Lewis, that sort of player, if he was still playing. Nah, um, Luke Lewis can play front row. Kurt Capewell, if he wasn't already in the one to seven, yeah, would just, be another sort of... Well, yeah, I think that makes more sense. Yeah, it's because they can just tactically choose a bloke. So whoever gets knocked the fuck out can walk straight on. Oh, subtleties of the English language. <laughs> okay. Knock the fuck out. So we'll move on to signings and a couple of confirmed, a couple of rumoured. So we'll start on the confirmed, I guess. So Parramatta and Michael Jennings have mutually agreed to part ways. Michael Jennings is provisionally suspended by the NRL pending a court hearing um, due to having prohibited substances in his system. He is still under contract until the end of 2022. And also with a player option. However, he believes and the club believes that due to this process, which could be ongoing with no end in sight, it makes more sense to part ways now to allow Parramatta to give his position to another player and also readjust their funding and salary cap. So because it's a mutual parting, they do not have to agree to a payout with Jennings. Uh, This makes sense from both parties um, without a a guilty or a not guilty verdict. We don't know how long this is going to drag out for. So probably a first step. There. He's thirty-two. This is gonna. He's gonna struggle to come back, even if he's found innocent. True. Um. So we talked about this last pod pod before about Scott Drinkwater, where his position's going to be at the Cowboys now that they've signed Tom Dearden and Chad Townsend. Chad Townsend, but he has resigned till the end of twenty twenty three. So that's quite an extension based on the uncertainty. Um, around where his position will be. So I'm stoked uh, for him to have, to have locked himself up and, and secured his future. I'm stoked for the Cowboys held on to him because they can obviously see potential in there, whether it's as a depth 
player and maybe like a utility sort of player or whether they even maybe look at a a shift to the centers maybe I, I, or, I, I i'm not sure i still agree what i said i think it's disrespectful to him that he's going to lose if, if he does lose his spot next year because if to get Townsend and Deaton up there, they've guaranteed him jerseys. But Todd Payton's doing the old origin thing. Pick the best players, fit them in where you can. Yeah. That's what's going to happen next year. He has to be in the 1-17 to for Cowboys next year. Um, I think the more question mark is on when is where Tom, Tom Deaton's going to go. Play. Because he's an out and out half. Can't play anywhere else. You wouldn't want to put him in. He's too small to play anywhere else. Because of that, if he's had a bad off season, Todd Payton will not hesitate to swing the axe on him. No, God no. So, and he's got Drinkwater. So, Chad Townsend's lock. He's definitely going to play. Um, Scott Drinkwater's going to play. It just depends if, well, where, and that depends on Tom Deaton. I think the Chad Townsend Scott Drinkwater partnership's perfect because well, it's yeah. similar to what Chad Townsend's playing now with Sean Johnson. That's uh, that's right. But they signed Deaton for a reason. And whatever that is. Um, but I will admit, having Val Holmes, Dearden, Townsend, Robson, and Drinkwater off the bench, that's mid-ball and attack. Broncos paid the Cowboys to take Dearden so they could sign Reynolds. They're not going to sign <laughs> Reynolds. Oh, come on. Even good. though he's touring Broncos for some right. next week. Ooh. Good news for Broncos fans. Uh, Katoni Staggs has re-signed on a four-year deal uh, to stay with the Broncos till the end of 2025. So this is put an end to a not, not long, drawn-out process, really, when compared to other ones, but really good news for the Broncos, considering how much talent they've lost. Parramatta and then Titans withdrew their offers for Katoni Staggs. And so he's re-signed, he's currently injured, should be making a comeback in the next few weeks. So awesome signing news there for the Broncos. Got him for about $3 million over four seasons. So uh, market value for where he's at in his career, he'll, if he continues on his trajectory, his next deal will be a bumper one. Um, this is looking at yeah, just under a million a season, roughly. Good business all around. Broncos needed to hold on to him. Katoni Sag says he wanted to follow his dream as a kid. His dream was to play for the Broncos, so he continued to do so. Um, so well done to Katoni Sags again. Well done to the Broncos. It's a yeah, bit of a no-brainer so, of holding on to him. What will what, what be interesting here, because the next story will be that it looks like Coates going to go down to Mel- uh, Melbourne for a two-year deal. Looks like. Looks like. So that's not confirmed by any stretch. But... Will this be the first of some signings for Broncos? Because this is the... If they let him go, that's essentially, other than Payne Haas, all their good juniors gone. So they had to keep stags. And they would have thrown a checkbook at him too. Yeah, well, three million bucks over four years is pretty good for <laughs> yeah. a young... And, and Senna being... Uh, generally the least paid position, although the yeah. last, like, Stephen Crichton's contract and... Um, oh, there's so many good centres. Joseph Manu, Zach uh, Lomax, Campbell Graham. And Joseph um, Manu plays fullback last week and has yeah. probably the best game I've seen him play. Yeah. yeah, so, look, this is huge for the Broncos. Yep. You can't understand how big this is for them. So, yeah, hopefully, so, hopefully they get a few more under the belt after this. So, this leads on to Xavier Coates saying that Bellamy adding the extra year on Melbourne. No, he does, hasn't yet. No. Bellamy hasn't signed. But that 
next nah. year. Nah, we thought he did, but he didn't. Bloody hell. <laughs> anyway, um, says Bellamy adds appeal for Storm Switch, but no decision's been made. So neither the Broncos nor the Storm have released any statement, uh, which generally leads to the fact that players leaving, but not always. Um, Look, I am Melbourne's denied it, and Coates' manager says, my client hasn't signed or agreed anywhere or even made a decision yet. Which means the decision's been made and he's signed somewhere. They're just not allowed to say it yet. Yeah. So last year we talked about what, how good Remus Smith was going to be when he signed for Melbourne, because he's that sort of player to kind of kind of struggling at his club, but you can see the potential in Craig Bellamy brings it out. Would he score three tries last weekend? Two tries yes, the weekend three. before. Yeah. He is absolutely killing it. Xavier Coates has already shown how good he is at the Broncos under with a team that's struggling. You put him on the end of that back line at Melbourne. Ooh. Oh, shit. He is just going to be incredible. On the other side, if you put him outside of fit and firing Katoni Staggs, although Staggs has mentioned he wants to play 5-8 eventually. Yeah. But, see, the thing about Melbourne is that they've always said that if they're going to release Josh Adekar, they want someone to cover... If they could find anyone in the NRL to cover Adokar, he's, yeah, it's his opposing there. winger in the Origin series. Yeah. So, it's just... Oh, man. Melbourne just keep pulling it out, pulling it out consistently. It's ridiculous. Uh, other signing news. Uh, Aaron Clark down at the Titans has re-signed till the end of the 2022 season. And this also comes on the back, and this kind of links back to George, um, Josh Hodgson. Sorry, I said 2020, 2023 for Aaron Clark. This links back to Josh Hodgson as an English hooker. Daryl Clark's the other English hooker who's playing for Warrington over in the Super League. He's expressed interest of playing in the NRL and the Titans have officially offered him a two-year deal. However, they've been told to beef up the deal based on the good money he's on at Warrington. So even though they signed Aaron Clark till the end of 2023... They've got Mitch Rain there till this season. He's off contract. I don't think he's going to get a re. No, but if they picked up Daryl Clark, and we've seen how well English forwards generally have done the NRL, it could be a really interesting pickup for them. He's a running halfback, uh, first and foremost, which he's the Titans haven't. Sorry, sorry, a running hooker, first and foremost, which the Titans haven't had in quite a while. Well, they had Nathan Pete's friend. Pete's yeah, yeah, but they had, what, how long of a good Pete? Yeah, I know. No, he, he was supposed to be good because he left informant power. Nathan Friend still been their best. Yeah, yeah, but he was a tackler. Um, that's actually, other than Pete, I don't think they've ever had a running running and, and the good thing about this is, it doesn't. if they do sign Daryl Clark, he doesn't rule out Aaron Clark because he could play lock. He's big enough to do it and he can tackle all day. So he, he's versatile enough to jump between a few positions. Um, and the last, and actually the first of these groups of signings was SN Masters and the Cowboys have agreed to part ways. It just hasn't worked for SN Masters. We, I was very excited. Uh, we all were. Yeah, we all were. Mo- him moving from West Tigers to the Cowboys, we thought it was exactly what the Cowboys needed. That strike center, that big body, and it just didn't work for him. He was a shell of the player he was at West Tigers for whatever reason, whether it's the system, he wasn't getting the ball, there was no go for from the forwards, who knows. I'm still going to say big signing for the Titans because they've been, it's the one position they've never had that 
superstar, not that Master's a superstar, but he is very mm. talented, a big body, and can create by himself. Yeah, I, I, this guy has a lot of potential, but he just never got his head right at Tigers no. or, or Cowboys. Okay. He was good at Tigers. No, no, well, towards the end, I reckon he was. He, he, he debuted a bit slow, like he showed glimpses. If he can find that coach, and I'm hoping it is, to unlock how good he is, it's going to be insane. Huge pick up there for the Titans. Could um, be. Low yeah. risk. It's low risk. They're not They're not going to lose anything by signing him because they haven't really had anyone there. Like Brian Kelly's been their most consistent, and he is very talented. But when you add the size of Masters, you've got a bullocking or a bulldozing center if you need him to be. But he's also got the silky hands. Well, that's the why they also thing. bought Patrick Herbert. That's true. I'd take um, on, on their day. I'd take Masters over. Her. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um, another one that's come out. We talked about last podcast about Andrew and Matthew Johns teaming up with Sonny Bill Williams at Samoa. So a lot of Samoan fans were pumped up about this. The Samoan board has been under a lot of pressure in the past couple of years because um, they've won thirteen out no six out of seventeen games in the last seven years or something. And they're not overly... The fans aren't overly happy with Matt Parrish. So, Matthew... Who's Matt Parrish? The Samoan coach. Oh, yeah. um, so, Matthew, Andrew, and Sonny Bill Williams obviously have been very vocal about they'd do it for free, they'd come in and help, but the Samoan board has reaffirmed and re-signed with Matt Parrish um, yesterday, and they've come out and said that he's the one we want to go with moving forward, but we invite anyone to help us um, if they want, and has reached out to those three to potentially assist. But we'll see how that goes. All right. And we'll be back. That's the end of our Off the Rock segment. We'll be back with hard hits, which are injuries and suspensions, after this brief break. <laughs> All right. If it's even possible, there are more casualties than what we listed after the games on... Monday. So these are more confirmations from stuff that we knew players were injured, but this is going to be more specific timelines. So St. George, Illawarra Centre, Zach Lomax has had surgery on his thumb injury, so he'll be out for six weeks. Uh, Sam Verrill's coming back from his ACL injury. That looked pretty, pretty been, good. He's been playing well. It's so disappointing. Yes. He underwent successful eye surgery to repair a semi-detached retina, uh, which he actually played with during these last match. So indicating recovery time of anywhere from a month to two months. Pretty hard injury to put a timeline on, considering we don't see it almost ever. But a detached retina is something very serious, and he should take as much time off as he needs to. Robinson also confirmed Boyd Corner is on target to return from his concussion layoff uh, after the Roosters' round 13 bye. Now, huge hit for the Sea Eagles here. Josh Alloy facing a possible three months on the sidelines with a wrist injury. Well, while the Warriors have denied reports, David Fusatura is suffering from well-being issues. Alloy will consult a specialist this week to discuss the possibility of surgery after playing with the problem in recent weeks. Uh, Fusatura remains sidelined, meanwhile, with a hamstring injury. Um... Martin Tapao and Ben Murdoch-Masilla will both miss the match this week due to head knocks from last week. Cowboys will be missing Ben Hampton for an extended stint on the sidelines after suffering a pec injury. We know how long pec injuries take to recover from. 
Uh, Justin O'Neill was sent for scans um, yesterday. We're meant to have an update by today on Justin O'Neill and his knee. None forthcoming yet. West Tigers' James Roberts will miss up to a month with a chest injury. Adam Reynolds has avoided surgery but missed two to four weeks with a thumb injury. Um, and we talked about Cameron Murray and Campbell Graham both missing up to four weeks with a broken hand and ankle. So some pretty big names here to add. Uh, Josh Alloway, Sam Verrill, Zach Lomax, uh, Ben Hampton, Martin Tapao, Ben Mordok, Masilla, all key players for their teams. So Manly, um, South Sydney Roosters all getting hit ahead, all getting hit again by the injury curse. No updates on suspensions uh, outside of who's the one? Th- Tommy Talao uh, taking the early guilty plea and having a two week suspension downgraded to one week. All right, we'll be back with the game previews of the eight games for round nine in just a moment with the more in depth analysis concentrating on the Rabbitohs vs. Storm and the Seagulls vs. Warriors games. Alrighty, round nine games. First game of the round, Thursday night. We have the Rabbitohs vs. the Storm, uh, a game that a few weeks ago we'd be circling as the highlight game of the week. Well, I still am. It's still going to be a good game, but... You can't argue that the Rabbitohs' back line is, I'm not going to say a shell, but is heavily decimated to what it could be. It's still very good, which shows their depth. Yeah, if you look at Newcastle's back line, we're stoked to have a few of these players come back. Yes, and that's that's where where your perspective comes from. Yeah, you look at certain teams in the competition, you're like, oh yeah, I'll cop that. I'll be happy with that. So, Um, South Sydney have two... Of their starting seven in their back line. And it's still a good back line. Like, they've got Cody Walker at fullback. Sorry, three. Alex Johnson. Stephen Masters, who... What was it two years ago? Uh, 2019. Was absolutely queuing in the centres for South Sydney. Braden Burns, another guy who's had a pretty bad leg injury run. Mm. Making his first years. game in over a year last week. Yeah, New South Wales Cup. Uh, Dan Gago on the wing, obviously a Queensland player, ultra consistent. He could potentially go flying into the centres at one point. Dean Hawkins um, looks like the heir apparent to Benji Marshall. Uh, not Benji, oh Benji Marshall, yeah, mm. and um, Adam Reynolds and Benji Marshall at seven, which he always plays a good game. He's just playing with so much class lately um the only change well the only one missing for melbourne is pappenhausen at fullback with nico heinz who's probably been one of the top fullbacks in the last three weeks he's had as big an impact as ryan pappenhausen has had on the storms play it's just in a different way if you look at that rabbitohs back line there is one player of that seven playing in their regular position which is alex johnson on You've got the 5'8 playing at fullback for the third week in a row, which we know he can do. But Masters and Burns, neither of them have played this year in the NRL. So obviously neither of them have played together as centres. Dane Gagai shifting from centre to wing. Hawkins coming in at 5'8. Marshall shifting from 5'8 to halfback. Because the games that he's played, he's had Reynolds with him. Um, they're all talented players. But when you come up against a defense like the Storm, your combinations matter and everything has to be instant looking good and quick 
And I don't think this is going to occur for the Rabbitohs, especially on the short preparation time. Forward pack also has a change to it with Cam Murray. Yeah, uh, missing. <laughs> but wait a minute. Who they put in? Jairo comes <laughs> in. So you're not losing anything in quality. You're changing the style of play. Um, that allows Totola and Burgess to be starting props again. Colin Matungi and Jaden Sewer is the starting second row, which brings Jacob Host back onto the bench with Margot, Knight, and Nichols. And like Jared said, Storm are unchanged in the rest of their back line. An inclusion for their forward pack. Nelson Asafa Solomona is back in the team coming off the bench with Brandon Smith starting at lock and Harry Grant starting at hooker. And Dean Irema, the Melbourne junior, keeping his place in the 17, albeit on the interchange bench. Do you know the best thing about this game? Keelon Kolomatagi and Jaden Sua versus Felice Kafusi and Kenny Mitch. Oh, yeah, that's That is massive. So, you know, you've got experience there. You've got the young fella coming up. He's making a hell of a name of himself with Kilo Kolomatangi. And um, Jaden Sua, old school head, super reliable. But he comes in with the big hits every so often, which Kenny Bromwich will love. Oh, yeah. Against him. So, look, this team, this game, um, I'm expecting Melbourne just to get ahead of him. And then just choke them out of the game. Because their attack is so centered around Adam Reynolds. Especially his kicking game. And while Benji Marshall is good, he hasn't got the same class and... What's the word? Consistency. Well, polish on his kicking game as Adam Reynolds. So, in every single facet of kicking, I would put Adam Reynolds in the top two. Um, where Benji Marshall, he's not noted for his kicking game. He's a smart kicker, but he's not a get it in the same spot 99% of the time yes. like Adam Reynolds. He has so played to his kicking game without, and ideas and creativity. Yeah, without South, sure. without South Sydney, Adam Reynolds' kicking game for South Sydney, um, it'd be interesting to see what this Dean Hawkins is like, but he won't have the ice-cold ability like Adam Reynolds does. So, moving forward, I think that Melbourne Storm will just choke him out of the game and without Adam Reynolds' kicking game to get him Did out of it. Or literally? Well, it depends. You know, they've supposedly <laughs> invented the wrestling, so they might choke him out. Um, if they can do it, I don't think that South Sydney... They have the ability, but to get out of trouble, I don't think they have the um, skill with kicking game to get them out of trouble. I'm concerned... Of a, uh, being a supporter that's not Melbourne because Melbourne are looking good and Cam Munster's not been playing well. Well, sorry. He's been playing well. He hasn't been playing like Cam Munster usually does, running the ball, scoring tries. He was just shifting the ball last week and Melbourne was still scoring. If Cam Munster has a big game, Storm are going to look even better. Oh, yeah. And he's coming up against Dean Hawkins. He's going to be running all night. Uh, Hawkins is going to have to match that. Or is Hawkins going to be the controlling one and Benji Marshall a run? We'll see. Uh, Brandon Smith versus Jai Arrow should be interesting. They're both quite fiery, uh, but completely different sort of styles. Brandon Smith's your head down, just chug up metres as much as possible. Roll down the field like what? Like what? Like a roll of cheese. Oh, like a... Oh, my God. Yes. Um, Jai Arrow <laughs> still picks up his metres, but albeit in a leg-driving strength sort of way. So it's an interesting battle. The Dean Irema 
Uh, selection on the interchange is an odd one to me, but... It's been happening. Yeah, I know, but he hasn't been in this position. He's yeah, a, a youngster but... just coming in the NRL as a winger. It's a completely different ballgame. I would love to sit down with the NRL coaches and see if they can... What the justification is for putting up. Because Ricky Stewart did it in the grand final year for Canberra. He did it every single and it worked for him. Um, True. And, you know, I am not in the habit of questioning coaches like Craig Bellamy to have a winger on the show. Of course we are. We're in the media business. That's part of it. Don't Bellamy, what are you doing? Don't call me in the media. I don't want to be associated with Paul Kent. But, um, yeah, it's, I'm really curious. I'd love to ask him because I haven't been able to figure out a justification for it. The only one I can see for Melbourne is the fact that Craig Bellamy, more than any other coach, only uses 16 players. And doesn't always use his... Like, even Nico Hines in the final series last year was getting 5 to 15 minutes a game but if required. See, the thing about it is that he dropped Chris Lewis. Oh, no, Eisenhoof. Mm-hmm. For this to happen. Eisenhoof, he named at centre last week. It was a late change. He pulled him out of it. But he... I think he was always going to be pulled out of it. Oh, Just to but, take the pressure look, off Irema going but into the when, it, when an injury comes around in, in the outside backs, he's good enough to play there. Like I, w- I would say he's more versatile in the back line than Irema. Yeah, probably just due to size. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just... I don't get it. Um, but yeah, well, if someone has any idea why they put wingers on the bench, message in, tell me. Alright, so this one is, like I said, Thursday night. Head to head, Storm have dominated this twenty nine games to five. The last two meters meetings, Storm won twenty six eighteen and twenty two sixteen. So both leading to, well, sorry, the first one's leading to a high scoring game, second one leading to a lower scoring game. Um, if you're going off Jared's idea that Melbourne are going to get a lead and then just smother South Sydney. And prevent any future scoring. You can actually that's actually part of my value bet this week. I'm going the over, but if you took Jared's under and double that in with the multi of Remia Smith scoring at any time, it's paying eleven dollars thirty. So that's for Melbourne Storm to cover the line, which is set at negative eight and a half. So they've got to win by eight and a half or more. And for the total points to be under thirty seven and a half. So that's sitting at four fifty. Combine that with Romeo Smith scoring at any time, puts you up to $11.30. Uh, so both within the realm of possibility. If you change the under 37.5 to over 37.5, which is what I'll be doing, uh, drops it from 11.30 down to 5.45. So the money's on it to be a higher scoring game with Melbourne covering the 8.5 line um, and Romeo Smith to score at any time. So that's where I'm going. If you want to get even more creative on that one, you can increase your odds by selecting, instead of Remy Smith, Cam Munster at $4. Remy Smith's at $2.60 for reference. Uh, Jerome Hughes at $4. Harry Grant at $4.75. Could be some sneaky value there. He's been getting across the line quite a lot. Damien Cook at 6 I'm trying to think of some others who are kind of due here. Uh, they'd probably be your best bets. I actually don't mind that. Harry Grant at four seventy five instead of Romeo Smith. There you go. Nine dollars twenty eight. <laughs> Harry Grant to score at any time. Melbourne to cover the line at eight and a half and have over thirty seven and a half points. That's my oh. value bet for the week. Thank you, Muchly. Also, also, uh, we've got the um, Origin ha- hookers going up against each other. 
which would be interesting. Harry Grant versus Damien Cook. Oh, yeah. Slam dunk win there for Harry Grant. And the the straight-up odds for this are Melbourne Storm dollar $35, South Sydney $25. Both going Storm in this one? Yeah, I'm going Storm. Excellent. Okay, we are up to game two, which is our first game on Friday night, 6 p.m. out at Bluebet Stadium in Penrith. We have the Penrith Panthers versus the Cronulla Sharks. And from what I see, the shortest price favourite of the weekend, Penrith Panthers at $1.09, Cronulla Sharks at $7.25. So for the Sharks fans, there's been a season of oh so close yet so far. A number of injuries have crueled their back line, which has been quite good at times, but lacking consistency required in order to put points on consistently. (laughs) And... Again, new, uh, more changes this week. Jesse Ramian coming back in to be partnering Will Chambers. Uh, Connor Tracy having re-signed as well. I don't think we covered that in the No, signings. we did And Marwin Harodi on the wing. Will Candy. Sean Johnson starting at 5'8 this week with Chad Townsend. And Wade Graham returning in their forward pack. That makes a new look interchange. No, it doesn't actually. Uh, Matt Moylan's been dropped completely to the reserves, as has Josh Dugan. I was expecting to see one of them on the interchange. Uh, not the case. Uh, with yeah. regards to Penrith... No changes. Wow. Imagine no changes. Imagine to do that. No changes whatsoever from last week's 28-16 victory over Manly. Um, now... Yeah, I think Penrith are going to win this quite comfortably. What do they have to... I was about to say, what do they have to do to win? Like, no, just keep doing they, what they're doing? Yeah, just keep doing what they do. And I will say that they've, they're have they leaking a bit more points recently in attack, in defence, sorry. 16 was the highest they yeah, had exactly, scored against them this season. Yeah, but they started off pretty At four? Yeah. Oh, two. come on. Well... We've got to find something to talk about, I guess. Yeah, no, nah, that's the only thing I can really say about them. That's the only thing I can see that... Tax flowing, everything, all that. We we touched on Penrith a fair amount last episode. Come um, on, Penrith, pick up your defense. You've you've let in sixty points in eight weeks. You slackers. <laughs> that's still less than eight points a game for yeah, those. Yeah, so that, that's. But like I said, that's the only thing you can comment on the to Penrith that they've slowly but surely left two points more in a game than. Other than that, um, there's what about else. their right side attack? Because everything seems to be happening down the left with Tuo and Kickout. Charlie Staines has been oh, he still quiet. scores a fair amount of tries. He he's, he scored here and there. Um, Matt Burton's kind of been outshining Stephen Crichton, but in saying that, Crichton's had to play a few of the the weeks at fullback. Interesting to see if they shift the ball to the right this week. For the Sharks, they'll be stoked to get Sean Johnson back. He's not going to make enough of a difference, as uh, as is the case with Wade Graham as well. So, how many tries do you reckon Brian Toto scores this year? I don't know how many he's actually scored, but the impact is... Oh, having... no, no, the impact's different. I'm just talking about... You. Oh. You're talking about going out on the right-hand side to score points. How many tries has he scored this year? I'll say four. He scored five. Oh. Charlie Staines has scored three. So, for the posing wingers, that's not too bad as far as... I mean, as far as tries scored, all right. Yeah, so that's eight tries to their both their wingers. 
Obviously, Brian Tahu is in so much better form with his run meter yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But um, I will say that Charlie, Brian Toto, um, he's only missed three tackles all year, where Charlie Staines has missed seven, um, which isn't too bad. But as a winger, if you miss a tackle, that generally leads to a try. Yeah, but it's also how much possession a Penrith given what, away in their own half. Yeah, what, what does interest me, though, is... A lot of teams in the last couple of weeks, when they've played Penrith, have always kicked it to Brian Tyler. So he takes the first run, not the second one. But he's still killing them on that first run. Mm. Will they start kicking at Charlie Staines and try and jam up Brian Toho on the second run? Because every tactic... They've got to nullify him somehow. And I don't know how they're going to do it, but they're going exactly. to have well, no one seems to be able to do that somehow. It's like so, the old Masri Matt Utah thing all over again. But this yeah. guy's quick. Yeah, so it, it does interest me because the two wingers they've got here are Mar- Harodi, who is just starting out. He, he has he's good for a drop ball or a bad defensive read every so often. Oh yeah. And Connor Tracy, he, he despite how consistent and good he is, he's not a winger. His position is not there. Now he's going to go up against the best attacking team in the competition. So, yeah, I'm not too the biggest fan of Connor Tracy there. The big big in for Cronulla is actually Will Chambers in his defensive decisions this year. Yeah, I'm looking down these seamless, trying to see if there's one matchup where Cronulla's got the advantage. And... The closest I could come would be the centre pairing of Chambers and Ramian versus Crichton and Burton. Only because of Burton. Yeah, only because of Burton. Um, Who's not a centre? And he's not a centre, but he's a damn good player. He's been playing really well at Um, centre. I would would have a look at... Kennedy and Edwards? No, I'd look at Graham. Their strengths are are in different areas. I I like Graham in the Cora. I know Kikau and Capewell have been probably the form second row, but Graham's Graham. Like I know, I he don't has... think Graham's Graham. I think Graham was Graham two years ago. Well, he he can he can he's out there and he's still very he makes all the right decisions in defence. His technique's not there because he knocked out a few times this year, mm. but his defensive reads are all good. Um, and Britton Nakora, he's just a hard runner. I a love pretty that. boy. Yeah. Oh, come on, mate. Every team's doing it. Pembroke, you watch Pembroke this week yeah, and they're horrible at it. Um, so I don't mind a second row battle, but other than that, I think Pembroke are going to roll over this one. Okay, yeah, next game. there's nothing game. worth betting on in that one. Next game. So again, this is kind of like the, the game on Thursday night. We've got the Eels versus the Roosters, 7.55, Bankwest Stadium. Should be a blockbuster matchup. It, sh- it still will be with the names that are in here, but Roosters, like the Rabbitohs, have been decimated. However... I guess the only advantage they have, the injuries are spread out over the whole team instead of just in one area specifically, so they've kind of been out of cover it. Uh, we'll go through the Eels team first. Uh, looking through the back line, no changes there to last week. Looking through the forward pack, Ryan Madison comes into the starting side. Sean Lane drops to the interchange. They did that as a last change last week. Yeah, it's, I'm just saying it's yeah. named this week. And Junior um, Paulo actually started off the bench last week with Warwick and Vusi starting. Okay. Uh, Bryce Cartwright holds his position on the interchange. Uh, Hayes Dunster comes on. Um, 
as well for the Roosters. Here are the changes. James Tedesco is back into the side, which is obviously a massive in for them, which allows Joseph Manu to go back to the centres. Uh, Matt Ikuvalu comes onto the wing to replace Brett Morris, who's out for the rest of the season, and allows Josh Morris and Daniel Tupo to stay together. So they're kind of back to their starting uh, <laughs> Not <back> really. five, <laughs> minus the Brett morris Ikevalu switch. Uh, Drew Hutchison and Sam Walker retain their positions up. This is how good Sam Walker's been playing, the fact that no one's talking about Drew Hutchinson, how he's yeah. been doing very little. He hasn't done anything. He's been like Nathan Cleary in the first two Origin series. There we go. <laughs> Not touching that one. Um, for the Roosters in the Ford packs, they've lost someone from the second row. No, Satili Torpanui suspended. Yeah. I was looking at that. So Nat Butcher is starting oh, in the second row. How good would that be? Yeah, you lose Satili Torpanui, you bring in Nat Butcher. Oh, mate. Uh, they've lost Lindsay Collins, so Takiaho and Isaac and Liu start with Hargraves on the bench, which brings Daniel Fafita as the new name onto the interchange, and Adam Kieran um, works his way back into the side onto the interchange as well. This sucks. I hate this. But the, the changes here, we're starting to see it now in the reserves. So for the Roosters the last few weeks, the reserves would be your Daniel Fafita, Adam Kieran. This week, you've got Naf- Nafahu White, uh, Lachlan Lamb, who we haven't seen for a long time, and Joseph Sawali is in the reserves again. I was... I was, I'm going to be honest, I was expecting to see him rather than hoping, um, but that was before we heard James Tedesco was making oh, his comeback look. this week. So if, if Tedesco wasn't coming back this week, looking at who's on the reserves in the interchange, you'd expect him to be in the back line, um, but with Tedesco, obviously he's not going to replace him. I wouldn't be surprised to see if there's pressure on Ikevalu, though. Well, one injury, one injury to the back line versus he'll be debuting. Um <laughs> This is going to be a so, cracker wait, still. Well, well, hold up, hold up. Everyone talks about South Sydney's depth in their back line, which is incredible. But Bruce's depth in their forward pack is just limitless. Mm. Like, to bring Tupanua's... The fact that Tupanua has kept someone as quality as Nat Butcher onto the bench yep. is incredible for this year. Um, They're back to their fourth choice hooker, though. Yeah, righto. <laughs> it's just... Fourth, it's just or, us. fourth or third. And you know what? Friend. The only reason... Because they've got a, yeah. a, another hooker who excels at hooker, sitting at number 13 in Victor Radley. Well, excels is... No, strong. he excelled when he played there. He played really well. The fact that he, they haven't put him there because he's a better link player in the middle. Do you know he's an international dummy half? Who? Josh Maguire. He is. He's horrible at the position he plays. Yep. So, the fact that they've got Victor Radley sitting at lock, where they could put him in hooker, if it came, push came to shove, is just incredible. The fact that they can bring Takiyaho in the starting side after Lindsay Collin gets injured is even better. This is just... Eh, it annoys me. Um, in saying that, there's some value around the Roosters. Even though they, like they've had this awesome... Re- they've had a huge reshuffle... But they are still dual premiers in the last three years. They found a way to win games, even when they've been knocked down. Um, another reason why I dislike them so much, but have so much respect for this team. What what we're getting what what three dollars something value for the Roosters, which you wouldn't have seen in three years at least. Yeah. Um, and 
this is probably the game of the round where you're going to find the most value for both the favourite and the underdog. So uh, I'm going to put $10 on the Roosters just to win. So what have you got them at? Because you're getting better odds than I am. So I've got them at 240 as well. What do you got Parramatta at? 157. Okay, exactly the same. Cool. Yeah. I think it's the first time we've actually been matched up here. So, for getting $2.40 for Roosters head-to-head, um, it's been quite a long time since it's been that case. So, if you want to play around with some multis in there, uh, I'm sure you're going to be able to find some pretty decent value. The line for this game uh, is sitting at negative 4.5, and, and you can get $2 there for Parramatta if you believe they can give away a 4.5-point head start and still win the game. And I'm, I'm assuming the total points is going to be around the 40 mile, 42 and a half. You can get a $1.90 there either way. So there's going to be some value around that game if you have a look. Um, like I said, pretty rare that you're going to find Roosters at $2.40. But if you're confident in their ability to overcome a pretty hot Parramatta side. Um, well, see, Parramatta, when they are hot, they have a very bad week. Not long after. Yeah, but they can stay up for quite a while. Yeah, yeah, they saying. can. But there's eventually a time when they... And I'm hopefully in this this week. And I'm not... I wouldn't be surprised if the Roosters galvanised with what happened last week and come out and play really well. Alright, so let's have a look at this. So, Eels' last three weeks have all been quite sizable victories, albeit not against the strongest opposition. So, they knocked off the Bulldogs 32-10. They beat the Broncos 46-6, and they knocked off the Raiders down in Canberra 35-10. That was their most impressive well, see, victory. For, for those, if you go back, look, I was more impressed of the way they did these games. So 32-10 over Bulldogs, they were beating them for at least 75 minutes of that game. No, they controlled. were just w- well controlled of the game. 46-6 for the Broncos. Six all at halftime. Yeah. Or 10-6. No, yeah, it was very close. They weathered what Broncos threw at them. And then, and then they killed him. Yeah, they killed him after that. Raiders probably, they were very disappointed in that game. So that's my, surprisingly, well, that's the Raiders most dis- had a couple of calls go against them early. Yeah, but they, they usually can then, fight back through that. Yeah. So that was probably the most disappointing. It was the bottom teams I was most impressed by because that's not, that's not a Parramatta squad you're used to seeing. Yeah, so, true. They Usually, they're the games they'd slip up in. Uh, yeah. Roosters last few games... So, the beatdown on the Knights last weekend, again, was quite an impressive performance. Beating the Dragons 34-10, and then being pretty much outplayed in all facets of the game yeah. against the Storm, uh, 20-4, and then a couple of victories oh, before I, that. I don't think Parramatta are even close to Storm right now. So, and I'm, yeah, so we'll just keep keep our eye on this one. I think Roosters can pull this one out. Okay, what's next? I, I, I think this one's too close for me to be putting money on. I... I'm leaning to the Eels in this one. I love what I'm seeing out of Sam Walker. However, this to me has a feeling of Melbourne at Amy Park sort of sort of vibe around it, where Sam Walker was kind of went missing, and without him there, they really struggled to conjure anything. And Eels have the ability with their edge forwards to rush up in defense and put pressure on the playmates. I'm going Eels in this one as much as it pains me to say that. And uh, you can't say no to Mike Acevo at Bankwest Stadium. Right, um, this is a third of the five regional series games. The first game on Saturday, which is the Canberra Raiders versus Newcastle Knights at McDonald's Park in Wagga Wagga. 
at 3 p.m. So awesome Saturday afternoon footy out in the bush. Um, Wagga Wagga fans and sorry, citizens get out there and watch. You're right, mate. Yeah, sorry, I was just had a burp coming through. I couldn't quite get through my sentence. Uh, get out there and watch some of the game's best. You'll be treated to a Canberra side who I honestly have no idea what to expect this week. There's changes in the lineup again. Well, Papali's back. Papali's back, hopefully rested. We'll see. You've had Joseph Tarpany. He's on the interchange after his supposed confrontation with Ricky Stewart. Um, there's no Josh Hodgson, so Tom Starling is starting at dummy half. Uh, Kobe Harunara comes into the starting side. Um... What other changes? Bailey Simonson's back on the wing. Uh, That's about all. Yeah, it's... Oh, who knows what sort of camera um, side's going to rock for, up. For, for oh, Newcastle. Ryan James has been dropped completely. For Newcastle, um, it's the same 17 of the last week. Phoenix Crossland's at halfback. Minus that. Um, because Blake Green got injured. Um, the only difference is that last... Uh, last week in the podcast, I went what, about 10 minute rant about how I think Newcastle doing bad right now. Um, <clears throat> so all year when I don't know Ryan names a team, he sticks to it. There's very rarely changes other than swapping Kawhi, uh, Connor Watson and Sawaso Sue around. Um, but this game, they've got Lachlan Fitzgibbon, Staffordshire, Josh King and Tex Hoy. Four players who he has to ha- has had to use. All in the reserves. Um, well, Lachlan Fitzgibbon and Tex Hoy are coming back from injuries. Stafford Tower got dropped. And Josh King has actually, he's, hasn't been flashed, but he's been reasonably consistent. Stafford Tower got dropped. Yeah, in the limited minutes, he got dominated last week. Um, so, what I, what I'm, one of my points was last week that they've got to adapt. And one of those adapt, adaptations could be, you know, a late change off the bench. Bring someone like Lachlan Fitzgibbon on or Tex Hoy to create some havoc in the middle of the field or something mm. like that. Just try something because I think having... I think Tex Hoy needs to play. I was about to say, let me have a crack at putting my team together and see if the Newcastle Knights fan over here agrees. So, Kurt Mann for six. me... Kurt Mann for me is going to come out. Oh, I agree, I agree. I'd put Tex Hoy straight in at six with Phoenix Crossland. Um, they're the future of this club, so may as well see how they play together um, at six and seven. I would keep Kurt Mann on my interchange in case that partnership doesn't work out. So, Jacob Saifiro, I'd take Pasami Sulo out because the other three have kind of been playing well enough. So I'd take, yeah, Kurt Mann back on the interchange, Tex Hoy into six, and Lachlan Fitzgibbon for me has to be in there. So whether that's Suasa or Brody Jones that comes out, um, it's one of those two dropping oh, yeah. out completely. Fitzgibbon goes into the back row and Connor Watson goes to the bench. So you have Kurt Mann and Connor Watson on your bench. Yeah, Kurt Mann's my back utility for the halves, literally, or and Connor Watson's my forward... He's kind of like my Brendan Smith. He can I don't play... see both of them. I can. If you don't need to use Kurt Mann, you don't use him. Yeah, okay. So what? what's your bench? The bench should be Kurt Mann, Connor Watson, Jacob Saifidi, and either Suaso or Brody Jones. Whoever you want. So you're dropping, 
you dropping Jones and Solo? Because um, I think Tyson Frizzell can play 80 minutes. Mitch Barnett can play 80 minutes. Lachlan Fitzgibbon can play 80 minutes. I, I would I would keep Sue. Well, then drop Jones. Yeah. Which is which is harsh on because he's been well, playing well, well but he doesn't really. have the same class as look, Fitzgibbon. Look, look, he did play well that one game. He hasn't done anything else. Yeah, so Fitzgibbon's mm-hmm. going to offer you more overall. So that yeah. would be my team. Yeah, okay. I, I, I think Hoy needs to play. I really do. Just based on that last name. Yeah. No. Um, okay, I'm going to go pick Newcastle for this, but in saying that too, the last team with this much drama coming out of it was Cronulla, and we barely got past them when we had to play them this week. It seems like a lot of drama coming out of Canberra this week. I don't know how they're going to rock up, and it will show this week, because all the shit's been coming out about Ricky Stewart, it will show how much support they've got um, in the, in Ricky Stewart, the players. Do. That's true. Home yeah. or Hunt, we didn't mention resumes on the wing with Safatoa being dropped. I love this stat. Knights have lost six of their past seven away games. Um, I don't know how many home games they've oh, won either because they've lost God. a fair few of those. So I don't really know if you can take that into account because it's not really a Raiders home game either. Um yeah, it's, I'm going to be watching to see what Papali's reaction's like, and I think that's going to be enough well, to okay. lift the Raiders so, forward pack. It, it never actually come out what specifically was the reason Papali... Well, he gets rested every year at some point. Yeah, he does, but never really come out what specifically was the reason. So he said it wasn't financial, he said it wasn't family, he said it wasn't mental health or anything. He, he just needed to rest. Yeah, so, but it'd be interesting if that week was enough. That's my point. Well, it's just to get the rest of the forward because, back off his shoulders that he's yeah. been carrying. Yeah. I'm glad we're not playing Ryan James. Now, now <laughs> this game... Yeah, it's um, going to have 70 points scored in it. Four weeks ago, before the Knights-Titans game on the Gold Coast, where Titans ran right, I would have the Titans 100 out of 100 in this game. This is down at Campbelltown... 5.30pm Saturday. Should be a brilliant day as long as it's sunny. you got West Tigers versus the Titans. Now, West Tigers were gritty and and um, they, they, they played ugly rugby league and they won ugly against the St. George team who were offering nothing um, down at Wynn Stadium. And it was not the typical West Tigers performance. They got in the grind and they won the grind and it was the most uneventful, uninspiring game you could watch if you're a neutral or a new supporter for rugby league. However, they got the win. You've they're coming up against a Titans side who has had no trouble scoring points. Um, their trouble has been leaking them, and they're up against a side who can score points against leaky defenses, but not against good ones. So, what the hell happens here, I have no idea. So, I'm looking at the Titans' last four games. They score 42 points against the Knights. Then they got blanked 36-0 by the Seagulls. Then they lost 30-40. to Then they lost 28-36. to So, in three of their last four games, they've scored 30 points, pretty much, if you count the 28. The downside is... In three of the last four games, they've let in over 30 points. So, which Titans are you going to get? 
And they also let 16 points in against a really bad Newcastle's attack. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I'm not putting any money on this game. No chance whatsoever because both of these teams can do anything. Look at the Tigers' last four. They lose to the Cowboys 30-34. to 34. Do, you know, do you know what I'm interested in? In Luciano Leilua with David Fafita. Just because they're both really big bodies, like to run over people, but they also go missing in games. Well, I was going to say, Luciano Leilua has been more consistent than yeah, Fafita. Yeah, they both go missing in games because Leilua's a Leilua. That's what they're known for. Um, I'm looking at the Tigers last four. I'm seeing a bit of a trend here. High-scoring game, 30-34 to 34 they lose. Next week, tighten everything up. 18-14 against a decent Rabbitohs team. Next week, they get blown out by the Seagulls, 40-6. to six. Week after, they tighten everything up against Dragons. Okay, here's how I see so this. So generally, uh, looking at that, they should get belted. Here's how I see this. There's going to be 80 points scored in this game. Okay, moving forward. Yeah, I'm going the overs, regardless <laughs> of whatever the line is. Yeah. It's the only money I'd put um, down on this. Uh Zach Sini holds his spot on the wing for the Tigers. Um, try and look at any other changes no. here. Herman Asayase keeps his spot. Yeah, for the Titans. Um, and Isam Masters could get brought in. Oh, Jacob Little. There you go. Jacob Little's back in for the Tigers on the interchange bench. And Cheekam drops out. Oh, sorry. Tommy Talao drops out because he's suspended. SM Masters has been named in the reserves. I don't think he will play, but it'd be pretty cool to see him play. Oh, and Tino Fasamawali is back, so that'll be huge for the Titans. He's been named at prop. Gross, but uh, drops Moe Fodawaker onto the bench. Backline for the Titans. Bo Furmore comes into the centres, um, replacing... Who am I missing here? Corey, Corey Thompson, Thompson, of course. He's out for eight weeks. Wow, plays in both four more. So there's a spot for SM Masters there to take next week. Remember, Ash Taylor has been ruled out as he's still battling back from his off-season hip injury. So it says Tanner Boyd will be taking his position at uh, 5'8". So a fair few changes there, actually. So Titans halves are going to be Tanner Boyd and Jamal Fogarty. Tino comes back in at prop, pushing Fodawaker to the bench. Uh, it's a pretty big bench. Jermaine Jolliffe, Herman SASA, Fodawaker. Aaron Clark's not small either. He's not small either. It's pretty much the same for same interchange on both sides. Three big forwards and a dummy half. All okay. right, so 80 points scored in this game. Next game is... Who are you going? Oh, I'm going... Gee, this is Gold hard. Coast. This is literally a flip of the coin. I'm going Gold Coast. You go, you go Tigers. Okay, next game, Cowboys v Broncos. I'm actually surprised this isn't talked about more. Cow- Brisbane Derby on a Saturday night yeah, instead of a Friday up night. Cow- up at Cowboys, oh, it's not played at Suncorp. No, oh, that's why. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, you got you got Brisbane Derby. This used to be like the biggest thing in the in the competition, but it's not now. Jarvid Bowen hasn't played in three years, gets a run. I'm actually what really excited. In three years. He hasn't played in three years. In no year. way. Two, two to three years yet. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so for Time's this game, um, Jake Clifford returns to number seven jersey. Um, ben Hampton missing due to a pec injury. 
Um, Java Bowen comes in the set as replaces Justin O'Neill knee. Mitch Dunn re- returns from suspension on reserves list. Habasau, Tibau, Fido, ankle is still missing. His ankle's missing. That's going to no. make it hard to run. Yeah. Right, no, no changes for 17 for Broncos. Tyson Gamble and Anthony Milford clicked in the halves. We'll be looking repeated. That in Townsville. Um, yeah, so there's not, not no changes for the Broncos. Um, for this... How's look, Tom Gilbert still in the reserves? Like, come on, man. I don't know. Um, what, can you just check Cowboys form? form? Yeah. Form guide. They've been playing well, but not well enough. <laughs> okay. Okay, so they lost last week against the Warriors 24-20. They only won in the very tight game 26-24, 30-18. So, now remember, they beat the Raiders 26-24, but yeah. that hasn't proved to be the best form. Before that, they beat the Bulldogs 18 and they beat the Tigers down so at What they need to do this, this week is... After four teams in a the, row. They, they, they essentially need a blowout. They need a comfortable win. They need to go out there and dominate the Broncos. Um, Broncos are going to be running high after their come-from-behind victory, but they need to control this game to... I don't know, get over the doubt, because they can't keep winning tight games. What's... Like What they did against Canberra, yeah, it was fantastic, but they can't do that week in, week out. They can't. It takes too much out of you to win games by four points, by twelve points, or two points, and by four points again. All right. Which team has scored the least amount of points against the Cowboys? It would be the Bulldogs. Yes. Yes. They scored eighteen points. Who scored the second least amount? Raiders. No. Penrith. Oh Jesus. So they lost 24-0 to Penrith. Well, that's round, even with the Raiders. In round one, which is tie the second least yeah. that have been scored against them. So they need to pick up their defence, in other yeah. words. So they've had 24, 25, 44, 48, 34, uh, sorry, 30, 18, 24, 24 points scored against them. Yeah. So oh, Wow. So, yeah, they need to pick up their defence because they're averaging probably about 23 and a half points. So they've pretty much them. got to score 26 <laughs> points to win their games, regardless. Yeah. Um, which they can do. They've proven they can do. Mm. Um, they're up against uh, very... Well, you have to call them spotty now since they won last week. Um, I'm picking Cowboys in this evil way. Um, because, you know, last time they won a game against the Bulldogs, they walked out and got pumped. The next week, yeah, <laughs> by forty to six. Um, I think Saturday night in Townsville is perfect time for Cowboys to show something. In other words, get something behind them. Yeah, and you're pretty much looking at the same thing with the Broncos here. Points that they've let in: 24-28-0. That was against the Bulldogs. 40, 35, 20, 46. and even in the win last week, twenty-eight. Um. I'm going the bro- uh, the Cowboys as well. I think Tony Sags is going to make a massive impact when he's back, which is meant to be Magic Round, which is next weekend. We found an awesome statistical website on Rugby League, and it shows the impact Payne Haas has on the Broncos. Basically, if Payne Haas doesn't play, they can't win. Mm-hmm. He does so much of their work, and 
for the Cowboys still missing uh, Tamalolo, he would be obviously the the matchup you'd want there to try and um, negate the impact of Payne Haas because you're kind of going to cancel each other out. But with him not being... Oh, sorry, he is there. Duh. He came back last week. Um, he's there. So if he takes on Payne Haas with regards to meters, tackles, broken, all that sort of stuff, they should even out. The young forward packs going against each other should be pretty cool. Ben Condon, Shane Wright versus Jordan Ricky, Davida Pangai. Pangai having the most X-factor out of those, the explosivity. But Ben Condon and Shane Wright are definitely holding their own this year. McLean needs to lift a little. Uh, Cowan Hess has been playing well in the prop position. It should be a damn good forward pack battle. I just think that there's more solidarity and consistency with the Cowboys' back line compared to the Broncos, and I'm going to take Cowboys in this one as well. Broncos are aiming for their 500th win since entering the Premiership in 88. All right. Um, that one says Saturday, 7.35. I think there's a typo on the website here. Um, it says Seagulls versus Warriors Saturday, 2 p.m. I believe it should be Sunday, 2 p.m. Uh, this is at Brookvale. Seagulls coming off the loss last week in Bathurst, 28-16 to Penrith. However, they did put the most points on Penrith, and they performed much better in the second half. Warriors coming off their 24-20 victory over the Cowboys, um, getting off to that early lead and just holding on. For the Seagulls, Josh Alloy out for a quite a period of time. Means Sean Kepi will be starting up prop opposite Taniela Paseka. No changes in the back line um, from the last couple of weeks. Sorry about my phone going off. I think Jared's sending me something in the middle of recording. <laughs> I am actually um, not. So Zach Sadler comes on to the interchange for Manly to make his debut. And hey. George Tafua What's is in like? the reserves. So Zach Sadler is a typical kind of hard-working player. There's nothing flash about him. Uh, he's been part of the Seagulls organization for quite a while. He's not even listed on the NRL player <laughs> research page. That's how much of an impact he's going to have. I believe this is actually his debut for the club um, at NRL level, although he has played for... Stop sending me stuff. What are you doing? <laughs> Jesus. Um, he's a massive bugger. He's 201 centimetres tall, um, weighing 91 kilos. And, yeah, he will be making his full-on debut for Seals. That's where I saw him. He played for the Indigenous All-Stars um, at the All-Stars game at the start of the 2020 season um, due to the players falling out and him having to come into and take a position. So he's a talented prop, good offload, hard defender. Um, he's not going to move the needle, no. but he's going to be a hard-working body coming off the bench. And congratulations to Zach Sadler making his debut this weekend. Um, big inclusion on the reserves. George Defoe, I mentioned he played New South Wales Cup last week on last weekend in his return. Do you think he um, can take out your wingers injury. right now? Of course he can. <laughs> um, oh, not Saab. You saying Garrick? Uh, I don't know. Like, or would you? Jesus Christ. They're both going off. No, that's just you. It's you. Sorry, everybody. And ha- NHL. Oh, NHL. That's my NHL fantasy 
Okay. I, I, I'm in the third place playoff. I so do you have a kicker that's week. not Garrick? Because Garrick's been doing better this year with kicking. He has. It'd be okay. Cherry Evans if he's not there. Okay, I'm picking Manly in this one. I haven't gone through the change for uh, Warriors yet. So oh. Ewan Aitken's the big inclusion on their reserves. And on his way back from his ankle injury, I believe it was. Uh, ben Merck-Masilla, we mentioned, ruled out, as is Martin Tapao. Edward Kosey comes onto the wing for the Warriors with Adam Pompey, Rocco Berry in the centres. Uh, Reese Walsh and Cody Nikarima keep their positions there. Um, Bailey Sirenin on the interchange as well. Lisa Katoa returning the second row after spending his time in the New South Wales Cup working on his game. And Chanel Harris-Tavita has also been down in the reserves. That could be a late inclusion. So have a look for that, Warriors fans, with you and Aitken and Chanel Harris-DeVita on the reserves. I'm going Manly in this one as well. Um, We don't have a great record at Brookvale lately. We've (laughs) lost our last six games there, and it used to be a bit of a fortress. Warriors have won all four daytime games this season. So this could be an interesting one. I do have Manly there, although Warriors have kind of been one of our... Struggle teams. And last game of the round. Final game this round. Bulldogs versus Dragons. I'm taking the unders. Oh, this is going to be a very bad attacking game. Well, I definitely after looking at Dragons' performance last okay. week. The odds Ooh. on this one, um, $1.28 to the Dragons and three seventy five to the Dogs. That's generous um, to the Dragons. So with the big injury, Zach Lomax, I love it. Tyro Fui Mayono comes into the centres, which is... Awesome. Um, oh, I reckon that's absolutely fantastic. Bulldogs have um, sw- have swapped Nick Meany and Dallin Martinez-Lesniak around on their fullback and wing positions. And from well, last week... No, Martinez-Lesniak's been playing fullback. No, he played wing last week. Um, and, yeah. Right, Joe Stimson gets named at number 20. Adam, oh, he's moving up in the reserves. Yeah, yeah. Adam's just going to be very happy. Um, okay, so despite suffering a rib injury last weekend, Cody Ramsey is named on the wing. Max, uh, Matt Feeguy, sorry, is named on the reserves list and could come in if Ramsey doesn't play. Um, for Pawasa Farmasuli returns on the interchange following the suspension. Um, and for the Bulldogs... Um, Dylan Napper is main despite suffering a shoulder injury last weekend. Ran off a Tony or Ada, Ava Siamanangai are potential backups. Um, and Lachlan Lewis is named on reserve list. So this is going to be one of the worst attacking games in the competition. They've got the line 42.5. Sorry, not the line. The total points at 42.5. Are you serious? And the over and under are the same, the same value. I... Yeah, I, I don't I don't get that whatsoever. How are either of these teams? That means either team's got to score twenty one points. Yeah, I don't understand um, how that's going to happen. And yeah. the line has got St George at negative nine and a half, so they're giving far out. So St George are dollar twenty eight, and they're giving them a nine and a half point lead. Oh, I don't know what they're seeing. Like they played well for those three weeks in a row, but it's been. Quite a while since they were playing that, considering if you actually watch them last week and they went up against the West Tigers, it was horrible. Um, 
I'm going to go St. George because they're at home and they can't be any worse than last week. And I just have not seen anything from the Bulldogs to suggest that they are going to win more than a game every few weeks like they did against Cronulla. Um, yeah, I'm not interested in watching this game whatsoever. No. I'm going to do it because we have a podcast. But <laughs> I, there are other things I would rather be doing. No offence to Dragons and Bulldog supporters. It's just your clubs at this position at this time. And they're not one okay, of the most so attractive players. This bloke, he's played um, five games. Five games. Uh, Joe Stimson's played five games for the Mounties in 2021. Which is surprising. Yeah. Hmm. He's made 146 tackles in five games. He's with a 92.1% efficiency rating. Average running meters, he's averaging 120 meters. And he has scored 41.8 in Super Supercoach um, average this year. Um, so he played 53 minutes in his first game, 55, 52, 55, 63 all, all, all year, all playing at lock. So that's very good stats for a lock in New South Wales Cup. The fact that Bulldogs and it's are the second row generally. The fact that Bulldogs are struggling in their middle this year. The fact that he comes from the Melbourne system. The fact I just don't understand why he's not playing. He's only twenty five. Oh my god, he's such a good player. A couple of years ago for the Dragons, he outrun everyone in the in the um, Dragons. Oh, I just don't. I don't. I don't get it. I really don't. He's so solid. And he just for some, he must have an attitude problem or something. I don't know. It's just it's baffling, baffling. It baffles like me. It. So for the three seasons he played for the Storms, fifteen games, twenty four games, twelve games before he got injured. Um, tries and a regular try score in two thousand nineteen. Five tries in only twelve games. Three tries in fifteen. So a try one try in every five games. Pretty decent. Um, yeah, he, he's a a quality all-round player. I, I'm 100%. I bring it up every week. I, I might just continue. I might just start hitting up Trent Barrett specifically, personally, and just getting on his case. Oh, because I, would, I, would, I would love to see him go to Newcastle. I'd have him over Chris Smith. I'd have him over Corey Waddell. I'd have him over CF uh, Mungai. I'd have him over Dury. Oh, I would have him over... Adam Elliott's probably the nah, only... Actually, nah, no, I would. I'd the way he's Adam playing Elliott. recently, Adam Elliott, I wouldn't have him. The only good thing about Adam Elliott he brings is like he's keen and he runs a good hole. He has, he's been dropping so much ball recently. Still my head in. I don't even There's care. a lot of players who are keen and run a good hole. Oh, I'm going to run. I'm going to... No, don't say it. Um, I think we're both going to go St. George, yeah. yeah Just because they're both at home. Okay. Yeah, that's the last of the games for this weekend. It is currently oh, 11.06. So, we're both going Storm. We're both going Penrith. We're both going... E- no, I'm going Eels, you're going Roosters. Yeah. I'm going Raiders, you're going Knights. We're both going Titans. We're both going Cowboys. We're both going Seagulls. Yep. And we're both going Dragons. So, we've got a few differences. There you go. So, if you go the opposite of all those, you'll have a cracking tipping weekend. And we go footytips.com.au, type in 6GN podcast competition, uh, jump on and continue to beat us. And apart from that, jump on our socials, YouTube, there are a couple of episodes behind. 
Twitter is the main one that you will contact us on. And, and message me if you, something baffles you. <laughs> yeah, send through any questions. We want to start reading out uh, fan questions and listener questions on here for us to answer, even just any of your topics or ideas or things that you're picking up in the games. Hit us up on Facebook or Twitter. They're the ones that we're most responsive to. All right. Anything more from no, you? No, mate, I'm good. All right. We will chat to you guys on Monday morning. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Six Again. Connect with the show on Twitter, Instagram, and the Six Again website. All links via the show's bio. Be sure to check out Adam's craft beer choice of the week.